everyone! Before we start, I wanted to let you know, if you would like to watch our whole service, head to our website, that's dc2.me, and from the media drop-down, click Sermons. You can watch our whole service there. And now, here's this week's sermon. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord had told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was given the name Jesus and the name that the angel had given him before he was conceived. Merry Christmas. It is good to be with you today and good to celebrate a good story Stories like this remind us why it's the most wonderful time of the year. It might not be the happiest. Some of us are grieving. It might not be the most peaceful. Some are quite literally in the midst of wars, as well as figuratively. It's not the most simple time of year. Perhaps this is the most complicated, the most tension-filled year you've ever had, but it is wonder-filled. Why? Because it's a reminder that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what is going on in the world, be it joy or grief, health or death, peace or war, that God is with us. It doesn't matter if you've never heard the gospel or if you've been following this Jesus for decades, this is good news. It was clearly the effect that it had on these shepherds. If we could just go back, and if you could picture what they're like in your minds, here's maybe some things that begin to sketch out what these shepherds were like. Picture them. Probably their age, probably teenagers. David, the story that we get in the Old Testament, the guy who wrote the Psalms, became the king of Israel, started out as a shepherd. I mean, he was probably somewhere between 10 and his tweens when he's fighting off bears and lions. They're teenage kids. They had to be strong enough to fend off other humans or predators. They had to be able to keep themselves safe from, and, and the livestock safe. What's their gender? Oftentimes we picture these shepherds as they're just guys. When you go to the Middle East today, oftentimes the shepherds are actually girls. Is it just guys who are on these hills at night? We don't really hear. 
But maybe there's some gals who are mixed in here too. Are they dirty? Absolutely. Are they uneducated? Likely. Are they poor? Usually. Are they criminals? Occasionally. Loners? By necessity. Spiritually uneducated. You shepherds, they don't get a lot of time around people, but what they do get a lot of time around is watching sheep give birth, watching sheep die. They do understand life on the daily. They do understand dependence. They do understand fragility. They do understand protection. And the scene begins at nighttime. So as you're picturing these teenagers on these hills with their sheep, nighttime, we have to remember, is the most dangerous time to be a shepherd or a sheep. This is where the predators come out. This is where the bandits come out, let alone your mind playing tricks on you that every time you hear a twig snap or every time you think you heard a growl or a howl in the distance, it's nighttime. And it's in this time that the angels arrive. They could have come mid-afternoon. They could have come right after breakfast, but they come at nighttime. And of course, it necessitates the way that they begin their conversation. Do not be afraid. It's not just because it's nighttime. It's also because there's this glowing, humongous entity now <laughs> talking to me in the middle of the night. These shepherds, they were likely aware of God. He was a part of their culture. They, they knew God's out there. Shepherds would spend a lot of their evenings just staring up at the sky, watching the stars, watching the weather, listening. But these shepherds would have also been particularly aware that that God has not spoken to their people for 400 years. I was reminded by a friend, imagine growing up in our world today in the year 2023 and thinking, God has not spoken to us since the year 1623. That's an awfully long time. Imagine what it would be like if you were them. Are you still looking up? Are you still celebrating the miracle of life? Are you still faithful to this God? Are you still worshiping him? Shepherds likely had a sense that God was there Kind of, but we're really on our own. God is far away. He probably cares in his own way. He's kind of like your grandpa in Florida that you hear from once a year. He's there. We just don't always hear a lot about what's going on. These angels, they just change the story. And, and this is not some Florida grandpa God. This is now a God who they've been told he is a next door kind of God. And the shepherds race off. They don't have a star to follow. As we understand the timeline, that's going to come a little bit later with some of these wise men. They're just given the name of the town today in the city of David in Bethlehem. A baby's been born. This is hilarious in this story because I can imagine being in my house when in the middle of the night a knock comes at my door and I open the door to discover a bunch of mangy teenagers who are staring at me frantically saying, do you have any babies around? Instantly, I'm like checking my tree for toilet paper and as they leave, I'm making sure they didn't leave like a, a lunch sack on fire on my front porch. Like this is the strangest moment. They go door to door. They're trying to figure out where this baby is. They finally find the house or the cave. We're not really sure what that exact setup was like. And for the first time, to see God, these shepherds were not gazing up. 
but they were peering down, looking not to the sky, but to the earth below. The Savior is with us. The angels were right. This is good news. Now, as the story plays out, you and I would probably have a question on the tip of our tongues. What's the baby's name? But if you're Jewish, that question is actually not okay to ask. You can ask what will the, name, the baby's name be, but you cannot ask what the baby's name is because especially if you're a Jewish boy, you're not actually given your name until the eighth day after you've been born. So what happens in Jewish culture? Oftentimes, there's just a pet name that's given to a baby. It would be something that maybe smacks of what their name will be. Sometimes the parents would say their name under hushed breath. But to any other visitors who are coming, say a bunch of teenage shepherds, all they would get are like, here's some of the ingredients of what we've got so far. They would probably like laugh hysterically at hearing jo Joseph tell his story. I had this crazy dream one night. This angel came in, said we were going to have a baby. We're not even married yet. And he t said to name this baby Emmanuel. And that's when Mary chimes in. She said, I also had a crazy dream one night. Angel told me to name him Jesus. And Joseph, classic, excellent move as a new husband or husband-to-be, is like, we're going to go with what she said. Let's, we're going to call him Jesus. But they wouldn't call him that quite yet. They would stick to what they knew about this baby. What else is going on? And here's some of what we get if we go through what they knew as these shepherds or as the folks who would have been there seeing all this. Luke 1.30, in Luke's own story, he's already said, he will be called Son of the Most High. Luke 1.35, the child will be born, he will be holy. He will be called a Son of God. Matthew 1.23, this is Joseph, you shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And because Jewish folks really knew their text, they would already know so many other things about this baby, this Messiah, this Savior that was supposed to come. They would know Isaiah 9.6. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Archaeology has helped us with some of this too. At the time when all of this was going on, the Dead Sea Scrolls were continuing to be collected and compiled. If you look at how the Dead Sea Scrolls talk about this Messiah, they'll use terms like God's servant or interpreter of the law or the high priest. So as these shepherds are knocking on doors and finding this family and peering down at this baby, the question is not, what's his name? The question is, who is this? To boil it all down, there's two things I think that were clear. It's clear that he's God, and it's clear that he's with us. And man, I just love teenagers so much. Like, as the story reads, like, they don't need a ton. They just take off. Like, as soon as they know this, they're like, this is awesome. You guys are great. Love the stories. Baby's beautiful. We're going to go tell everyone. And, and as teenagers do, they sprint off out the door, probably having raided the pantry. It's amazing. <laughs> they go out sprinting to spread the word. They become the first evangelists of the Christian era. It's not a message of the cross. It's not a message even about sin. All they knew was that God is with us. That's what they ran through Bethlehem telling everybody. This baby's been born. None of these Jewish folks were saying, what's the baby's name? They're saying, who is it? God's with us. On to the next. God is with us. God is with us. God is with us. 
Now, here comes a moment of tension in the story, a moment where I think many of us can identify with these shepherds. As Luke writes his, his gospel story, the, the account of Jesus, these shepherds don't come back up again. This was like such a great start in an epic story for characters who are now just absent for the rest. And while we don't get many more details, I'd like to speculate a little bit. And if you'll go with me on this, our safety net is that even if what we're going to talk about right now is not right or even wrong, the point will still stand. There's at least two outcomes for these shepherds. One is that they had this amazing night, and then they went back to their normal life, staring up at the sky, back to a relationship with God like their grandpa in Florida. Or the second option They put in for shepherding shifts wherever this Jesus was traveling to. They watched him grow up. They got some of that bread and fish the day that he fed 5,000 other people. Some of them were in the 72 disciples that Jesus sent out in Luke 10. They were waving palm branches when Jesus rode into Jerusalem before Passover or in the clamoring throng at the foot of the cross. Could it be that they heard the words or at least heard about them When Jesus said to those who were following him, surely I am with you always to the end of the age. I've got to believe that after experiencing angels, these kids were never the same. I bet they're more of this second version. They had fully adopted this God as neighbor and had given up on God in Florida. And I think it's a strong assumption. After all, the gospel stories of Jesus, particularly Luke's story, were written by going back and talking with eyewitness accounts of all the things that he'd written down. The detail of the story of the shepherds would lead us to believe that he tracked down one or two of them. Could it be that they had been following Jesus the whole time and that they're now a part of this budding Christian community? And if that's true... Then imagine this. What would it have been like for them that day at Pentecost? Let's read this together in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. This is after Jesus has died, resurrected, ascended, the church is beginning. And if one or two or all of these shepherds have stuck around for the story, they're getting to experience this or are very close to it. If they were teenagers when Jesus was born, They're probably now approaching their 50s. They're the old guys and the old ladies in the room. And that's not a dig. The life expectancy at this point is like 29, 35 years old, somewhere in there. To make it to 50, you've done it. They had been there when God came down one time. But this time was totally different. Last time it was a baby. So electric to be there, for sure. They knew the promise. They were so delighted to just be guessing about what was going to happen to this kid. But as they peered down at this baby, lightning's not coming out of his eyes. He's not glowing. Fire isn't raining down from heaven. The weather patterns haven't changed. It's just a baby. But you knew. 
you'd seen the angels. God was up to something. It would have been more electric to be there in the room when the Holy Spirit came, knowing the promise, experiencing God's work in you in real time. Fire was raining down. The weather patterns did change that day. It wasn't just a baby. It was God interacting in and all around them individually and communally. God was with us in a whole new way, bigger and better than last time. And whether those shepherds were there or not that entire time, I guarantee you this. If given the choice, they would take Pentecost every single time over Christmas. What would it be like to know Christmas like this, like a shepherd? This is not just a day to remember when a baby was born. It's a memory that kicks off a whole series of events that tie us to 2,000 years of what God has been up to among us. This story is a reminder that today matters, that we're not simply looking to the sky, searching for a God who is far away, but a declaration that God is at work in and around me if I'm willing to pay attention. I don't want to be the shepherd that saw something that happened and made me feel better for one evening and then went back to sit in the dark and despair of my life. I want to be the shepherd who hung around, who watched this kid's career, who waited, who listened, the one who gets to know this God. I want to be the kind of person who is not just entertained by the invitation to know the Holy Spirit of God, but who walks with God, who listens to Him, who lives a meaningful with God life every day. I don't just want to know a lot about Him. I want to know him. I want to know that he's with me because that's the baby that those shepherds met. That's the baby that they told everyone about. That's the God that I know, and he was introduced as Emmanuel. God is with you right now. He's not just in a nativity scene thousands of years ago, right now. He's nearer to you now, in this moment, than your very breath. He knows everything that you're going through, whether it's been a season of health or death, whether it's been a season of joy or grief, He is with you. And whether you call yourself a follower of Jesus or not, take heart in this news. You are not alone. God is with you today, right now. And that's the celebration. That's why we are all here. That's why we're singing. This is a day to especially remember every day. God is with you. For hundreds of years, a candle has been a reminder of God's presence in a room. We're going to take a moment to consider these shepherds and the message that they wanted to share with us this Christmas, that God is near, that we don't have to search the skies anymore, that he is with us right now, closer than the candle, closer than your breath. So what we'll do is we'll light candles. If you'll just turn and share it with the folks who are around you and enjoy this next song, let's stand together as we receive this.